Blue skies and rainbows and sunbeams from heaven are what I can see. When my Lord is living in me, I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Never more will I be all alone since he promised me that we never would part. Green grass and flowers all blooming in springtime are works of the master. I live for each day. I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Never more will I be all alone since he promised me that we never would part. Tall mountains, green valleys, the view that surrounds me all make me aware of the one who made it all. I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Never
service at Heritage Church of Christ. We long to be with our brothers and sisters in person, but that's not possible right now. We are grateful that we can worship together remotely. As we start our service, let's put the cares of this world behind us. Let's um, concentrate on worshiping our Lord and Savior and forgetting for right now the virus, uh, the tornado, uh, the economy. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for our many blessings. We thank you for our mothers, Father, all of them, from our grandmothers to our mothers to our daughters who are now mothers. Impacted our lives. I know my grandmother impacted my life by by her own Bible reading as I would go to see her once a week as we drove up in the driveway we could see her reading her Bible. She has no idea how how she's impacted my life and taught me to do the same. And Father, 
Who can ever forget the warm embrace of their mother? The gentle hug that says, I'm here for you, I'm here to take care of you. I'll always love you no matter what you do. You are my child and I love you. Everything, Father. They taught us how to hold a spoon, how to use a knife and fork, how to button our shirts, and, not, and the big one, tying your shoe. But above all of this, Father, they taught us to love you. They took us to worship until it sunk in that you are a creator, that you love us, you love us unconditionally. And we thank you for that gift. Be with our mothers, Father, as uh, they go out through the day. And Father, once again, bless them and honor them. For we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Good morning and happy Mother's Day. I'll be reading from Isaiah chapter 66, verse 12 through 14. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse, you shall be carried upon her hill, and bounced upon her knees, as one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see and, you, and your heart shall rejoice. Your bone, bones shall flourish like the grass and the hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants and he shall show his indignation against his enemies. Good morning. Welcome on Mother's Day here to Heritage Church of Christ. We are here to celebrate as we have there on the screen next to you, they're celebrating a mother's love. We're gonna learn something very profound about mother's love as we talk about mothers. And it just seems to me that there's no greater approval or any greater praise that can be paid to mothers than God's associating his profound love with the tender, compassionate love of a godly mother toward her children. That's the standard to which God held himself. I want to do what mothers are doing for their children. And so just a moment ago, Tony Bowling wrote, read in Isaiah 66, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. God says, picture a mother. She's consoling her child. That's the kind of consolation I want to give. Ladies, you should be profoundly pleased that God looks at you as a role model for his love. Ladies, of all the roles of men and women, all that they have on earth, I want us to look at the love of a mother for just a moment because God pays this wonderful tribute to motherhood in Isaiah in several places, not only in the passage Tony read from Isaiah 66, but also in Isaiah 49. We're gonna be looking, but keep your Bibles open to Isaiah 66. We will begin our study in verse seven in just a few moments. If you're like one of the guys, if you're like me, fellas, we're thinking, Steve is preaching to the women. I don't need to be listening to this at all. I want you to think of it again, because here is God saying, I want to be like this woman. I want my love to be like hers. That's a good enough reason for me to listen very carefully. You see, there's a sharp difference between the love of mothers and the love of fathers. Both love their children infinitely. But I guess the best illustration I could give is from my own life, 
my job, since my wife worked outside the home, she had to leave early. It was my job to get the children dressed and get them fed and take them to school. That was my job. And the hardest job that I had was helping my daughter put her hair in a ponytail every day. Ladies, sometimes her ponytail started right in the middle of her head, other times way below her neck, the bottom of her neck. It just never looked right. And my daughter would say over and over again, she'd say, Daddy, this is not the way Mama does it. I said, well, Mama's not here right now. You, you have me. Today, we love our children. The love that mothers have is so greatly important. There in Isaiah 49 and verse 15, listen to these words. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, God is saying, my love is exactly like this mother's love for her child. Did you know Jesus paid the same compliment, gave the same attribute of motherhood when he spoke of his love and concern for the people of Jerusalem? Remember when he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and there in Matthew 27, verse 37, as a hen gathering her chicks under her wings, so I would have gathered you, but you were not willing. Jesus had the exact same thought of his father. I wish I could be like that hen, gathering her chicks to be protected by my mighty wings. Jesus could have done it, but the people of Jerusalem were not ready to submit to his authority. Jesus here shows the same sacrificial heart of a mother, just like a mother. I'll do whatever it takes to sacrifice my life to protect you under my wings. I will stand between you and harm. In fact, that's exactly what the New Testament teaches, that Jesus was, was that of a very poor person. In 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, Paul there writes, for you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that through your poverty he might become rich. In the ancient world, a woman was not highly thought of. She was not high in the pecking order of the ancient world. And so this is exactly what a mother goes through. She goes through difficulties. But there is another feminine uh, attribute that is referred to, not in Psalm 23, but in Psalm 22, the psalm just before the 23rd Psalm. In verse nine, there David wrote, you brought me out of the womb, you made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth, I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Think about that, what was just said by David. What kind of a person delivers a woman's baby to her and then hands the delivered baby to the woman to put on, on her breast? Who is that person? What do you call her? She's called a midwife. On this Mother's Day, I want you to notice one thing and one thing only. Notice all the feminine attributes with which God identifies. In verse 13 of, of Isaiah 66, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. God's saying, I want to be like that mother. 
how does God fulfill our role? And what does that have to do with mothers? Well, first of all, and most obviously, a woman, a mother is someone that has given birth to a child. God is the creator. From God's point of view, those two jobs are the same. God created Adam and Eve, but then Eve brought forth children. And so in Isaiah 66, look at verse seven. Do I bring the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the wound when I bring to delivery, says your God? Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice greatly for her, all you who mourn over her. Folks, God had the ability to make streams in the desert. He had to make a way when there was no possible way available. God's hand has always been mighty. You know who that reminds me of in our home? It reminds me, first of all, of my wife, Barbara. She can do anything. She is so smart. She is so clever. Reminds me of my mother who worked for Internal Revenue, had a very responsible job, and she was just a wonderful woman. She died exactly two years ago today, Mother's Day of 2018. Folks, we serve an amazing, an amazing God. We worship him, but I want us to realize that God has these feminine characteristics. God expects women to be mothers, to go through this experience of childbirth. God has had to lose children. His son died on the cross. He's gone through what every mother goes through. You know, there's a special hormone called oxytocin. It's called the bonding hormone. A mother's brain releases large amounts of this hormone so that she is physically and emotionally bound to her infant child. On planet Earth, there are all kinds of animals that give birth to a child, give, give birth to offspring, but then they just go off and they, they leave the offspring. There's no nurturing whatsoever in some animals. Folks, God expects the mother of humans to care for her babies. In Genesis 4, going back to the, to the uh, alluding to the midwife there in verse 1, Eve said, I have given birth to a man-child by the help of the Lord. Apparently, God helped deliver that woman's baby to her. So God made mothers. They are the baby makers, first of all. They are the creators. They can do something that a man cannot do. She can create life. And then secondly, God not only expects a woman to procreate, but God expects a woman to console her offspring. There in verse 10 and 11 of Isaiah 66, all of you who love her rejoice greatly with her, all you who mourn over her, for you will nurse and be satisfied at her comforting breasts. You will drink deeply and delight in her overflowing abundance. Here's the second thing that God expects from women, something that he provides, and that is he gives consolation. And so a mother needs to be consoling to her children. Consolation is an art. It begins, first of all, with carefully listening. Folks, God hears everything. In the Bible, over and over again, God is saying, pray to me. I want you to Pour your hearts out to me. I, I am listening to you. Who in your family is the very 
best listener? Who can you go to and tell anything and know that that secret remains right there? Probably your mother. Probably your wife. Probably this special person that we are honoring today on Mother's Day. You remember how Moses just stared at the burning bush there in Exodus 3. He's just staring at it. Have you ever read the words that God was saying to Moses? He said, listen, I have seen the plight of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry of, under their oppressors, for I know their sorrow, and I've come down to rescue them. How did God know the sorrow of the people of Israel? Because they had been crying out to him, just like a child to its mother. He was listening to everything. Folks, God reveals himself as somebody that's near. I am with you always. It's throughout the Bible. God's constantly saying that he's attentively watching closely to what's going on in our lives. So God consoles his people. Folks, when you pray, your petition doesn't just disappear in the void of the room into the darkness of regions where no one is listening. Folks, there is no such place. God is constantly listening. He travels back and forth through the earth, examining each person to see if individuals will be his disciples. Isaiah calls this saving intervention God's consolation. That's what the book of Isaiah is all about. God is a consoling presence. You know what? That's a mother trait. He's there with us. Consolation involves simple and attentive listening, sharing, and solidarity, those three things. You remember in Luke 9 when Jesus there is transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration with Elijah and with Moses. And there's Jesus, the third person. They are standing there, the three great heroes of the Bible. And these individuals, as they, as they stand there, Peter says, Lord, let's build a tabernacle to you and a tabernacle to, to these other two Old Testament characters. And a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Sounds just like a mother to me. My son has the right answer. You listen to him. And so that's what a mother does. She stands up and she defends her son. And at the gates of Nain, remember when Jesus was walking into the Nain and this woman is coming toward her and men were carrying her son's body to bury into the graveyard. And Jesus walked up to her smiling and said, woman, don't cry. And he revives that son, and he goes back home with her. Raised from the dead on the way to burial, he is alive again. Folks, consolation involves sensitivity. It, it, it involves the ability to perceive what's going on, what other people need. And so our master in heaven, God the Father, is just like a mother. He is listening to everything that's going on in the house. The great ability that, that my wife has to know every situation, every person, just like looking at a computer screen with various documents open, and here she's balancing this checkbook, she's working on this email, 
and she has this message from somebody and she can keep up with all these relationships. She knows what every voice means. She knows the tone of each person's voice. She understands, why? Because she's a mother. She has that ability. So God expects a mother, first of all, to give life. Secondly, he expects a woman to give, as a, as a mother, she is to give consolation and comfort. And then finally, God gives one more thing through mothers, and you can see this from God's hand. God also gives provisions for us. Food, clothing, shelter. He gives us education. He gives us abilities. He give, he's given us all kinds of blessings. And so in your reading there in Isaiah 66, we're going to finish with verses 11 and 12. Pardon me, 12 through 15. You will nurse and be carried on her arm as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You will be comforted over Jerusalem. When you see this, your heart will rejoice and you will flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants, but his fury will be shown to his foes. See, the Lord is coming with fire and his chariots like a whirlwind. Remember the old saying, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Well, you can just double that scorn when it comes to scorning a woman's child. She is going to defend her loved ones. She is going to be there as a mighty foe. I think it's interesting that Abraham did not choose the sacrifice that would be given there at Mount Moriah when his son was supposedly supposed to be sacrificed. God chose the appropriate sacrifice. God does not ask us to decide what's best, but instead he provided what's best. God provided the great sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. He chose that. A couple of questions. How does God provide for us? I've noticed that in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus prayed, give us this day our daily bread. We probably just get enough food, money, abilities, inspiration, just enough for today. Just enough for what's going on now. Secondly, to whom does God give his provision? Jesus answered that, that in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, it rains on the just and the unjust. This is in just a few verses after Jesus said, love your enemies. And then one more question. Why does God provide for our every need? Folks, God made the decision what's best for us. He can see the future. He knows exactly what provisions we're going to be needing in the next several days. To all of the mothers in our church, I want to say Happy Mother's Day. I have a book that I want to give to all the mothers, especially the mothers who have children still at home. This is called Mothers of Faith, but this is volume two. This is identical to the one last year, but these are 10 new true stories of great women and these mothers who were praying people and how they changed the world through their children. If you were look there on the left, that's Catherine Adams, and on the right is her daughter, Helen Keller. What a wonderful story that is. If you'll come by the church office Monday, Wednesday, Friday over the next week, two weeks, 
you can come and we have an elder that's on duty from 9 to 12, 9 a.m. to 12 noon, and you can get one of these books. I don't know any other way to disseminate these, but we're looking forward to your come by the church building next week to receive your book. I want us to end with a word of prayer as we think about the great power of women. Lord, today we're thankful for this example of motherhood. But Father, today we find the example of motherhood in you. Father, we are so grateful that you mothered us, that you displayed your compassion for us day by day, just like a mother would show her compassion each and every day. Father, help us to find rest in you. Thank you for caring for us, Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for our mothers. Thank you for honoring them, Father. We want to honor them now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a call comes ringing over the restless way. Send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light, send the light. Oh
Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. Robert Poole has our readings today and our prayers to the Heavenly Father as we eat and drink the Lord's Supper. Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Let's pray. Dear Lord, bless this bread to the nourishment of our bodies. Amen. He took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Dear Lord, please allow the fruit of the vine to wash away our sins. Amen. Yeah. 
Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.